Hey, hey, stay. How's it going? I am uh, going pretty well. How's it going on your end? It is uh, like dumping snow right now. Like um, we had like a winter storm advisory. And so like we've had like 30, 40 inches of snow this week. And yeah, right now, um, yeah, it's it's not very safe to drive right now. <laughs> so I'm happy to be at home. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty massive. I mean, 30 inches of snow, that's a lot. Yeah, especially since um, tomorrow the Sundance Film Festival starts. So tons of people are in town right now for it. And uh, I have a feeling Park City, where like most of the Sundance Film Festival is, is even like more crazy since they're at a higher elevation than us. And so they get even more snow. So it's got to be oh, wow. like chaos there. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds pretty harsh. Is it normal, you know, this amount of snow or is it I've seen there's like a cold wave. I've seen Chicago look like something for uh, the day after tomorrow, like really like apocalyptic scenes. Yeah, I think it's I think it's mostly that. Like it, it's just this one storm having to come through on a on a busy week. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Are they giving away those little, like, uh, you know, tennis rackets to walk on the snow? I don't know what they're called exactly, but <laughs> yeah, I imagine those shoes. could be useful. Yeah, snowshoes. Okay, yeah, there's snowshoes. Makes, makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can get those at Costco here. Like, they they have them, like, very easily accessible for, like, 70 bucks. But I think oh, you'd wow. only use those when, like, hiking. <laughs> Okay, okay, so it's not a snowshoe snow situation right now. Yeah, more just like oh. get, get your hardy winter boots out that you can uh, trek through the snow with and you'll be fine. Okay, <laughs> ah, that sounds good. Are they usually good with like getting rid of the snow on the, the pavements, on the sidewalks and on the street? On the street, yes, definitely. On the sidewalk, it really depends on the business or the the owner of the the place. Like. I think you're supposed to like shovel your snow so that everyone, um, cause I think you're like responsible if someone hurts themselves on your strip of sidewalk. Um, but like when it's currently snowing, I think you have an excuse not to go out and shovel. You have to wait until it ends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah. if it's going to snow for a week straight, then it might just pile up for a bit. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Don't have that problem in London, definitely. It's been really cold. It's been cold as hell for, like, London. But, uh, yeah, none of that. I've seen, like, literally, like, three snowflakes in January. So, yeah, that was it. <laughs> kind of miss the snow, though. Yeah. Does it get colder in London or Romania? Oh, Romania, definitely. Romania is like minus 20 degrees Celsius in winter and 40 in summer. So that's, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's pretty hot. hot. So I'm, yeah. I'm used to like that kind of extreme climate. I've actually, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate London because it's a bit more tame. It's not like going to those, uh, yeah, really like insufferable uh, extremes. But uh, yeah, it's been pretty cold and... Uh, <laughs> You know, after a week, it kind of like, well, I mean, you know all about it. <laughs> I'm assuming, you know, you get used to it way faster. <laughs> yeah. Aside from that, uh, what have you been up to lately? 
well, so far in this year. Cold, so <laughs> yeah, just uh, I have a really nice coffee shop uh, near me. Uh, they opened like a former watch house. It's actually called Watch House. So it's in a churchyard, and I think they make watches there, I guess. Uh, and like it's a really small cafe, and they have really good coffee and hot chocolate. So we've been going here with the baby uh, on walks there, which is like seven minutes away, I guess. Grabbing a hot chocolate, going around the churchyard park, doing some shopping, coming back home. So that's been the general routine which i can't complain i'm liking i mean as long as you have a hot chocolate you know walks in the park are pretty good yeah, yeah. that sounds very nice yeah is it are there I'll a lot of people it. out uh yeah yeah it's a really busy street the one they're on it's one of the i think most uh thriving in south london it's Bermondsey street and they're just at the end of it um and from that coffee shop they actually like they're a big chain in london now they've gotten like eight million dollars investment and they're like everywhere in london right now uh so yeah pretty pretty good business and they have really good coffee that sounds very nice like a good way to get outside the the apartment for a while get some get some sun get a walk in Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and with the murder last week, I mean, I don't know if, uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, I haven't <laughs> spoken on live about it, but yeah, there was a murder literally in the building next to me. And yeah, I woke up last week. There was a body, covered body, thank God, outside my window <laughs> with police standing around them. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, rest in peace, <laughs> whoever that was. Wow. But yeah, it's been so police barricaded the area, and uh, for a couple of days they had to like walk you out. And uh, yeah, I've seen like it was like literally like in a British crime scene uh, series, uh, exactly like that. I was amazed it was happening just like outside. They put a tent, they put everything. I think they're still uh, right now. They're uh, they have police patrolling the area still at the. But yeah, that was <laughs> interesting, a bit, I mean, yeah, maybe scary, but yeah, I think more interesting than, than, than scary. Man. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very close by. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a relatively safe area even. I mean, I'm not even in the bad part. I'm far from, from the bad part. And the bad part is still pretty good. I mean, I don't have any like trouble walking there, but yeah, I guess it happens, you know, big city. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. been interesting. Yeah, that's yeah, a, lot, a lot of stuff going on locally for you. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Got me in the mood for some like crime drama, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I've been watching Fargo, so yeah, I the last season have been has been great. Have you been uh, watching it? We uh, we binged it over the last week, so we are up to date. So we're we're ready for the finale, which I guess came out last night. So we we'll probably watch it today. Oh, really? oh okay, yeah, it did. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm ex really... I'm excited to see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, they never miss. They never miss. It's I think one of my favorite, if not, if not my favorite series. They always. I mean, it's the same thing. It's Minnesota. It's snow. Yeah, I love the snowy 
you know, atmosphere there. Have you ever been to Minnesota? No, I've, I've been to 40 states and 40, like 43 states in the U S so it's one of my goals to get to 50 states by the time I'm 50. And so, nice. uh, like most of the states I haven't been to are Alaska, Hawaii, and like all those states right around Minnesota, like Dakotas, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, like, so we want to do a, a Midwest trip sometime and, and, uh, and go there. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I'd love to go there as well, just based off, you know, the, the, the scenes I've seen in Fargo. Uh, looks <laughs> Maybe exciting. during the summer. <laughs> okay, during the summer. That's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, or at least maybe, maybe yeah. like spring, actually, because I think in the summer it also gets really hot. But Okay. Yeah, that's a good tip. I'm just going to wait for you to do the Midwest trip. And yeah. Yeah, you can tell me how it was. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And for hardcover, we had Jeff last week on the live. Yep. And since then, we've uh, um, kind of deployed a couple of things. Let's see. I, I wrote some notes because, like, I've been trying to like do like a, a change log on hardcover. Um, so since last week, we um, added the ability to add additions to existing books if you're logged in. So if like there's an addition missing, you can just add it. Um, it doesn't have to have an ISBN, but it's nice if it does. Um, ability to add new books manually. So you don't have to have a book. Um, like we had an add by ISBN and an add by Goodreads ID. Now you can like just manually enter a book. Um, and behind the scenes, we have this concept that Jeff um, recommended, which is like we have this user added tag which uh, is applied to books that are added by readers and then librarians can remove that. And once it's removed, that book will show up in search and it'll be kind of public. But once, but this way it kind of guarantees that like newly added books um, aren't basically a, an attack vector for getting like bad stuff into the system. Um, so we wanted to make sure that was had like a, a process for it. Um, yeah, and then uh, we added, progress by page number, a date picker for dates reads, and an ability to buy books. It was like <laughs> lots of little changes that we've been meaning to do for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff going on. And so now if you're a librarian, you can actually add any book. So this is for custom books uh, or books that you can't uh, get in the system through the importer, right? Yeah. Hello. I'll share my screen real quick for some of these. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. That's that's great. Yeah, this is a huge update. I mean, all of the things are pretty huge, including the uh, ability to see where you can buy the book. Uh, that's been really, <laughs> really nice to see to see implemented. I saw that you also added the the subtitle under Amazon. Corporate behemoth. That's, yeah. <laughs> I was actually surprised to see that live, but yay! I saw that in your mock-up, and I'm like, I think I, I think I got to go with this. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. What I mean, talking well, about is, are, is this so. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, here we go. At least you know, buy from Amazon, but know who they are, and yeah. I guess know our stance on yeah, fun, fun little 
fun little Easter egg. Yeah. And one thing that was kind of neat was uh, this becomes a, a book drawer on like mobile side. So once you're like in a a little screen, it switches to that. And then if you are big, it becomes kind of just a, a drop down. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. And in the future, when we also maybe be able to add books from independent booksellers and maybe even like sync those to the location of you know, where you are, yeah, that's going to be an even more comprehensive list. But yeah, yeah. that's... This, uh, this feels like one of those features that like, uh, like, oh, let's just link to a couple stores. It's going to be easy. But then you realize like all the other edge cases, like, you know, we have... We have dozens of uh, ISBNs for a book. Like, you know, there are 21 editions of this. Which edition do we link to? Um, and then after that, it's like, if that store doesn't have that specific edition, then you might get a not found error once you get to the store. So I have a feeling we're going to need to, like, actually hit some APIs to understand, like, which links. Because I, I have a feeling if I go to buy book, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. like a, like, that's happened for a lot of ones I've looked at 404s because we're linking to an ISBN that um, I guess we should be linking to a different one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, on the buying end, that's very complex, but at least now we have the functionality. So uh, yeah, at least we can weed out the edge cases in time. Yeah. The other thing he added was uh, this like, date picker for setting the dates that you read a book and actually let me uh let me pull this up locally so i'm not like messing up my personal um dates read for anything <laughs> yeah you can uh there we go oh wait yeah yeah you can oh i think i'm on your branch and it doesn't have oh yeah those. it wasn't implemented yet yeah but uh yeah, I think here. it's clear from the demo. Yeah, yeah. you can actually. It's can a really nice. Uh, your, uh, oh, okay, if it was an audiobook or yeah. Yeah, if I click in here. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I think the other thing we added this week was a uh, um, update progress, and you can do it by percent um, or by page number. And page number defaults to the page, the account that we think that book is. But there's so many different editions that, like, your page number might vary. So you could, like, if your book has 300 pages, you could change that. And then if you were to, like, leave it and come back to it, it's going to use the page number that you, you set. Mm, okay. Ah, that's nice. Yeah. That's a good solution for actually, um, yeah, making sure that it matches your edition. Because with the books that have like 100 editions, it's tough for us to get the, the page numbers. Even if we have the edition, we might have not have the page number for that edition because, you know, the way it's imported or the way it's, uh, yeah, in our system. So, yeah, that, that helps. I'm guessing in the future when you'd be able to choose the edition you're having, I'm guessing it would be nice to, if that edition has a page count, to apply that page count, but 
Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it's doing. Like if you if you've selected an edition, it'll use that edition's page count. If you haven't selected an edition, it'll use kind of the the default edition. Nice. Okay. That's wow. Okay. That's really neat. So it does that already. Yep. There we go. And yeah, and then here is the add a book to hardcover. Um, want to add a book without ISBN, add it manually. And then it's basically just like the same as the edit edition form where you can add a, a book and then we'll redirect, we'll create the edition and we'll create the book and we'll redirect you to that book page. So you could very quickly go from this page to marking it as want to read um, in like, that's the next step. Yeah, or I think this is one of the easiest flows I've seen around. I mean, for some books, and there are some books which don't appear, not even on imports, so they're hard to, yeah, this is going to be a really good option for people who are reading those books. We're getting, I think, right now, every couple of days, someone is signing up and going straight to wanting the ability to edit the books they're reading, which is a great sign for us. But also this, like, I think this completes the whole, like, librarian capability um, span of features. So yeah, really good news. Yeah. These were some of those features that I've been wanting to get in for a while. And like one of the, one of the tricky parts was that these were initially designed with this idea that we would always have um, some external data about a book to kind of create it. Like we were getting the book from Open Library or from Goodreads or from Google Books. And we were using that as kind of that seed to generate all of the book in the edition. So this is kind of switching it up to using whatever the user enters as that seed for creating it, which was, uh, uh, it took took some, some um, trial and error to figure out how to get it right. But I think uh, we're in a good spot for mm -hmm. it now. Yeah. What were the toughest things you think that were like your main concern when when building when building this? Um, it's mostly that, like when we when we look at a book on hardcover, um, and we so like this is the edit book page, and all of this is like generated based on the data we have. Like most of this hasn't been entered by a, a human. Um, it's all kind of coming from the edition, like whatever we consider like the, the default edition for the book. Um, so we don't need someone to go in and enter all this data. We just need someone to like link it to its Goodreads or its uh, um, uh, Google info. And then we'll like be able to fetch the info from Google. And then we'll use that for the cover, for the, the page type, page count, like the release date. So we don't have to enter all this manually, but we can override it. And uh, then we have this idea of like, um, like you can hard reset a field and it'll switch it from user entered data to data we have on file from external services. So doing having a way for people to enter it manually but still have a way to default to 
data from Google Books, if it's available, was kind of the, the hard part. But I think we've found kind of a good balance where it's like, you can override any fields, but you don't have to. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. So in the event that, you know, someone would add a book and there would already be info about that book on Google Books right now, we could be fetching that info as well as having the user, uh, the data from the reader who actually edits it, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, well, that's all options covered. Yeah, I imagine that was like a really like technical, a hard technical feat to to achieve. It uh, it took some design over the last two years, but it feels like it's finally like the 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 ideas we had two years ago are kind of paying off now with uh, this flow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Book data is like so, such. A, I mean, it's never ending, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it seems like every time we, we you know. Uh, reach like a plateau you know there's like a whole lot of the journey like ahead yeah but this yeah the design looks very clean and makes sense now what do you think about the book data on other platforms is it uh i mean i'm guessing you know lots of the stuff that uh, you've been trying to avoid are things that some of the other platforms didn't avoid i mean even Goodreads has a lot of uh, messy data about books. Yeah, and I think. Yeah, I've seen it on every other platform where they don't like curate it, but they only curate it for like the popular titles. If you get down to like more uh, niche books, yeah, you can see they either don't have them or they don't have like the info. Yeah, I I think one of the, the hardest things for us and one that we're still kind of figuring out how to handle, it's like, uh, so we have like this book, Hyperion, um, and we know of 21 editions about this book. And there are probably many, many more editions in tons of different languages, tons of different formats that aren't included in this 21. And so over time, those additions are going to be added to our database in some way, um, sometimes as a new addition to this book, but sometimes as a new addition to a new book. <laughs> and so we have to merge that new book into this book. That way the addition gets added here instead of having it as two separate entire books. And I feel like that's kind of one of the things that we're doing that's been a little different than some of the other um, sites. Like even Goodreads, like if you go to Hyperion, there's a there's a book page for Hyperion in every every edition has its own page for Hyperion or for any book. Um, we're kind of going with the stance that this book is the same regardless of which it, it's it's still Hyperion regardless of which language you read it in, what format you read it in, um, the specific edition you read is still going to provide additional information like you know. Um, we could have a rating per edition, which we might have someday. Um, but for now, it seems like since we're focusing on English, it's pretty um, it's pretty yeah, un unexpected error there. Uh, yeah. It's pretty uh, 
similar in its context. But yeah, once we start getting into other languages, we might have like do some other stuff there. But yeah, that that kind of difference between additions and books in our system, I feel like that's one of the design decisions we made at an early st uh, state, which I feel like it helps like um, kind of bring together all the fans of a of a single book under a single page, rather than having them dispersed across the platform on multiple editions. Yeah, that's vital. I mean, that seems like the way to go when you're dealing with a book. I mean, if you read Hyperion in Spanish or if you read it in English, it's the same book. And even with the rating, you're kind of rating the same book. Maybe you're like, maybe it would be a separate rating for the translation, but it wouldn't be like a separate book if you read it in English, Spanish or whatever other language. So yeah, this feels very, very right. And yeah, I think it's the reason why overall the data, even if, you know, we're gathering it uh, and we haven't been gathering it for such a long time for like the span of time we've been gathering it and for the time we had the librarian, librarian uh, uh, program uh, active, I think it's in pretty good shape. Yeah, yeah, saying that rating per edition can be critical for translations, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could be like a decision, like a granular decision. Maybe you like the book, but you don't like the translation. It, there's like no way on any book site to show that preference right now. So we might go down that route. But uh, yeah, yeah, I guess TBD. <laughs> Same with the uh, even audiobooks. Like I was listening to an audiobook, uh, the latest Brendan Sanderson book, and somehow I downloaded the UK uh, version of it. So it was it was a different accent than I'd listened to for all the previous editions of the book. And so I'm like, wait a second, and I returned it and got the <laughs> yeah. the, the US one. I'm like, okay, this these are the narrators I was familiar with that I I'd listened to like three other books with the same narration. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's the same book, but you know, in a British accent, you're gonna <laughs> like yeah perceive it a whole other way than you know you'd uh, perceive it with uh, your regular narrators. Let's, I mean. Uh, what Jeff told us last week about having uh, the narration done by AI, I think he said. Um, uh, yeah, for the Kindle. Yeah, I I have to look into that. That sounds great. That was actually something I, I was thinking, you know, way later down the line we could do because now you have the voice API that works pretty, pretty well. So you can actually choose like your preferred narrator. Of course, with, you know, with ethical problems that, you know, actual narratives might, I mean, they have, I'm guessing they will be, yeah, uh, commissioned, you know, to have their voices replicated, I guess, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, but, that's, yeah, yeah I, I'm not optimistic about, like, the, all of the ethical problems that are going to come up because of that. <laughs> Yeah, on the upside, you, you'll be able to choose from a lot of voices. On the downside, yeah, it's probably not going to be like <laughs> ideally implemented, especially because, you know, Amazon is probably going to do it first. Have you ever seen the movie uh, The Congress? Uh, no, but 
it's a it's a movie um stars robin wright about uh an actress who um like uh like at a point in the future when like movie studios are reproducing actors and then just using their likenesses in however the studios want (laughs) and this came out 11 years ago (laughs) oh wow okay yeah jesus yeah that was way ahead of its time it is really good nice i'll add it to my to my list yeah any 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 (laughs) movie recommendation from adam definitely add it to your lists everybody what Good, one of my friends life. one of my friends says that movie is his roman empire like it's the thing he he thinks about all the time <laughs> <laughs> nice okay um, connie willis yeah i don't i haven't heard about connie willis i will look into that yeah yeah there's also the black mirror episode i think the the one where you know actors get replicated or was it yeah it was something along these lines right forgot what it was about the one where the actor is the joker or something like that uh, it might have been in the last season where yeah they get uh, they cede the rights to their uh, personas and uh, the studio can just uh, do movies with their character uh, in any kind of scenes that uh, they like that's right that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, I don't know. Did they do an episode like that, or am I, am I just imagining? <laughs> they must have done. I remember the scenes, but yeah, then again, yeah, it's gonna be a very uh, weird future from this point of view. But uh, yeah, definitely, you know, uh, even for AI, rating a narration will be important, and even more so for like human narrators. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, humans doing things instead of systems, <laughs> um, so last week we had a talk. Let me stop sharing my screen for a bit. We had a talk with uh, Jeff about librarian tools and kind of like understanding the gaps in our system, but also like things that we could do to improve in hardcover for that. Um, were there any takeaways you had from that discussion on things that we should be thinking about? Yeah, I mean, there's the ongoing discussion that uh, we uh, kind of covered about review bombing and uh, this, uh, I think, is a problem which wasn't on my, uh, like, bingo card as, you know, a problem that would be this big, but apparently it is this big and it's leading people to, you know, have their contracts uh, 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 rescinded and... uh, yeah, it's something that I think we have to prepare. I guess the popularity of uh, the platform right now, because we don't have like 50 million users or uh, not even 1 million for that matter. When we'll have 1 million, I'm pretty sure we will have this problem. Uh, mm, yeah, it's a pretty important one at least for people i've seen we appeared on hacker news in a comment and someone was mentioning review bombing uh and uh yeah it's something we we covered uh, last time a very delicate problem to to approach because you don't want to like 
review anyone's posts, you have to sort of, yeah, either guess the pattern or uh, somehow see, yeah, why they might be a review bomber without, you know, putting too much stress on the small team behind hardcover. If we yeah. have like, yeah, 1000 like flags for review bombing at some point, you know, we wouldn't be able, I guess, to handle those. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, how do we algorithmically determine if something is a review bomber? And that's, that puts us in the same problem that every other book platform has. Um, and it feels like no one's like found a solid solution for it. Everyone's kind of created their own or just, you know, we're going to, we're going to uh, figure this out manually when it happens by disabling yeah. reviews on a specific book. <laughs> yeah. Which seems to be and it's kind of like yeah. Wikipedia locking an article. Yeah, that's kind of like scorched earth uh, for like a book that you know gets gets locked. Uh, you will have a lot of people who just want to review the book and they won't be able to do that because there was one person who review bombed it. So, um, yeah, interesting combo that we had with, with Jeff. I'm sure he has like plenty more ideas uh, on <laughs> on that subject, and <laughs> I guess we will like cover it uh when we get to to that point it's uh it's an interesting one and if we figure out a way to yeah uh, algorithmically uh, do that that'd be great especially because i think now we can also analyze uh not necessarily like the let's say behavioral pattern but also the quality of the review we can just send it to the uh, open AI API and somehow describe uh, with the instruction that uh, they need to tell us if uh, they consider these set of reviews, let's say, review bombing. So, yeah, luckily there are like ways to, I guess, automate it from both like qualitative and quantitative like perspectives. So many of them, I. I see like the review bombing, not even including reviews, just having a rating. Like yeah. all they do is go in and rate it as half a star. And then uh, trying to separate those ratings out from valid ratings is, is going to be tricky. One of, yeah. one of the ways that um, came up when you were talking with Jeff um, was it does, it, this would only help books before they're released, but if uh, before a book is released, we only allow people to rate, we, we only show the rating or the reviews on the site for people that um, marked that they got it as an advanced review copy. I, I feel like that even that little bit, that little barrier of like additional work that someone has to do, which is the work that people that are getting advanced review copies are already doing, would... Uh, I don't know. It, it might hide a lot of those reviews, but then, you know, it, we still have the same problem. As soon as the book comes out, all those reviews from before the book came out would show up unless we just hide them forever, which doesn't seem like a great option either. <laughs> well, yeah, we could have uh, a score for that. I mean, we can definitely, you know, seeing uh, the action of review bombing as 
let's say someone either with or, or without a review uh, serially rates an author's book really low. I think that's like pretty easy to flag. So if some user had uh, like, let's say five, six uh, half star ratings or really low ratings for the same authors in a small span of time, that could manually get flagged. So I guess we'd already like suspect at that point that someone's a review bomber. And uh, the way we'd surface those, especially if uh, we're gonna figure out how to make the feed so that it shows you, you know, posts according to their weight, let's say. So if something uh, is valuable according to our system, we push it up. If something is not valuable or abusive, let's say we push it as down as possible. I guess, you know, those reviews, you'd realistically not see them because we sink them so low because we suspect that someone's a review bomber. And, you know, if they actually are a review bomber, they get banned. So those reviews can be hidden altogether. So yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's a combo. <laughs> it's a combo of manual and automatic, but ideally, you know, our job would just be to validate stuff that's already been processed. So yeah, if we have uh, someone automatically flagged as a potential review bomber, we can just revise it and see, okay, they just read those books and they hate that author, whatever. But if they read all their books in one day and they rated them at the same time, that's not, I mean, that's a review bomber and yeah. But yeah, even, even that one, like if you just join the platform and you're going through and rating all your books that you've read before you join the platform, then it would show up as rating them all today. It's yeah, that's true. It, it's going to be a hard problem, but I luckily we have some time to solve it. It's not like an emergency for us now, but it's good we're at least like talking about all these different solutions. That way, yeah, um, we can get something in. Yeah, I'm wondering if I mean review bombing happens directly by someone, right? So the idea is that so many people are doing the same thing at the same time. Uh, so if someone by coincidence, yeah, starts really rating, uh, rating a series of books from the same authors really low. And at the same time, a lot of people are doing that. Yeah. I'm guessing there's a high chance of mm. them review bombing it because other people are doing it in the span that span of time. So I guess if we just adjust like these rules, like these parameters, I'm guessing that could be like a solution. Uh, and if they really like, didn't like that author, it, it happens that they just rated the book really low while review bombing was going on, we can just undo it. They can appeal, I guess. Yeah, it, it sounds like we need some system that almost shows like a a dashboard of like books suspected of being bom review bombed, and it it shows the books that are like um, that we've 
calculated a review bomb score, which might be based on like um, recent low ratings grouped together. Like, has a book had a lot of low ratings in the past week? Um, and then maybe, like, you know, if it was if it was lots of low ratings, like spread out, then that's probably not a review bomb. That's probably just a book people don't like. <laughs> yeah. But if it's like a sudden spike. Um, then maybe that like boosts its score or something like that. Yeah, that sounds good. But yeah, very, very sensitive problem. And yeah, surprising that people pay so much attention to it. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, definitely. It's like an important one. <laughs> and I'm guessing, you know, it can affect a lot, of, like how people perceive a book. Yeah. How about you? What other uh, takeaways do you have from uh, last week's talks with Jeff? Um, one of the ones we, we talked about some was this idea of having like, uh, so right now librarians do a lot of actions on the site, like marking books as duplicates, changing the edition that a book, uh, that a, changing the book an edition belongs to, to be belonging to a different book. So that, that happens a lot, especially in series. Um, like I was reading um, the Berserk manga and like there would be an edition that would be part of the book two, but that edition would actually belong to like book nine in the series. And so we had to kind of like move the edition to a different book. And so that's something that happens a lot, but we don't want that to be something that any librarian could do because if you move the most popular edition of Harry Potter to a different book, all of a sudden, everyone's reads, everyone's lists, everyone's prompts are now messed up. Yeah. So some of those things need to like go through an approval process. Um, so we talked about last year, last month, having a last week time, um, <laughs> having a uh, like a, an impact score for how much of an impact a change is going to make. Like if you're moving an edition to another book and no one has done anything with that edition, then you know it's not going to have any impact on anyone that it was moved. It's just improving the data. Um, so we were talking about having like an impact score for changes and then having like an access level for librarians. And if your access level is greater than the impact score, then we just do it automatically. We don't require um, someone on the ad someone on the back end to approve it. And that would lower the amount of work Jeff and I are doing um, in all that approval. So that was one of the really good takeaways that I'm like probably going to start on this week. Nice. Yeah, that sounds great. And then, uh, yeah. And then I have the page that I think you you started on. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that some? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so right now, there are many people who join Hardcover and they want to become a librarian because they want to add uh, data to the books they're reading, which we don't have. And there wasn't a formalized process to do that. Maybe you had to enter Discord, but we didn't like tell you in any place that you know you have to go on Discord and you have to reach out to us and uh, we'll make you a librarian, which is what we did with so many of uh, the talented librarians we have on Discord right now, which we'll uh, get this opportunity to, to thank. 
but now uh, this uh, should be an easy process uh, where you just, uh, if you see book data missing um, from the end of the book page, you jump onto this page where you say, why do you want to become a librarian? So yeah, it's just at that book page. If you want to uh, become a librarian, uh, you hit that. I'm not sure on the wording or even if that's supposed to be there, but yeah, <laughs> I, I was, uh, I guess something has to be on the book page because that's the flow you're likely to, uh, uh, have when you bump into this issue. So you're on the book page, book data is missing. Oh, what do I do? I want to edit this book. Oh, okay, I can become a librarian. And from that, you go here and you apply to become a librarian. You tell us a bit about your motivation. So this can be as easy as I just want to add info to this book. And there's also a bunch of helpers, which could be optional, but uh, very helpful for us, where you say, where you want to contribute so we have the genres and then we have uh, uh, the languages uh maybe we should put english first you know like some <laughs> sites have like the most popular languages first and then all the others because oh, yeah. there's a lot of languages on this surf and i'm <laughs> guessing some of them might you know not be uh so popular as others yeah, and then just some requirements, some simple things like you got to coordinate with other librarians, you got to provide accurate uh, edits, and you don't have to intentionally break the rules. And if you agree to all of these, this should be like two, three minute process. Uh, this gets passed on to us, we review it, we make sure you know you're not trying to do anything malicious, take a look at your profile maybe, and uh, yeah, then we approve you as a librarian and you get a notification where it says you're now a librarian, you can edit books and yeah, you can start doing that. It's really fun. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> applying for this should be fun as well. So yeah. Uh, I can even make that use their username. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, uh, I forgot to mention that, but that's what I was thinking. Yeah, to have that as their card. So it's like, oh, <laughs> with their, their profile, should it be their avatar there too? Well, that could be a, a thing. I don't know. I didn't put it as an avatar. I just put it as an image, you know, editing jewel. So yeah, that could, that could be left there. Or if you find like an easy way to get their avatar, why not? This is, is just a div, so yeah, it's editable. Uh, yeah, that that'd be fun. Maybe it can appear with a slight delay, so it's, it's like jewels and then boom, <laughs> maybe over two seconds. Yeah, it's your your profile picture. Jeff was even saying that we could have this card like physically made, and yeah, I totally agree. At some point, we'll hand this to people we want as librarians who knows maybe we'll have our own events our own conferences and yeah librarians with this card get vip treatment <laughs> we were thinking about having like a maybe like a bi-monthly like zoom call for all librarians kind of do like a state of hardcover also 
that's nice. We could mention that in here. Yeah. And that would be just like a private event with all the librarians that want to join, right? Yeah. And supporters, probably, because they have librarian access. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really fun idea. I'm going to draw up uh, a visual for that. So that we can announce it <laughs> in the librarians and supporters channel. That's going to be nice to see some of the people. Some of them we've already seen, the, the ones that helped us do the research. So it's going to be fun to, yeah, have this meetup. Yeah, this, but yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll probably work on getting this in. And uh, yeah, we can probably also link to it from the edit page since uh, I think the edit page, if you're logged in, you can still get to here. Um, mm -hmm. But maybe like, I'll change this note if you're like, um, if you're not a librarian, we could change what this mm -hmm. note says to be something like, hey, um, since you're not a librarian, you have limited access to what you can edit. Um, do you want to edit more fields than apply as a librarian? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, so everyone who signs up is an appender, so you can add uh, book data that's not already there. But if you want to edit book data, yeah, you can become a librarian. And uh, I'm guessing for books that don't have a description, you don't have to be a librarian, right? So people who click that want to uh, add a description on the book page where it's missing, they right. wouldn't have to apply. They can just add the description. Exactly. Yeah, okay. We should also put in, I think, did I put in a fix for that? It got mentioned in the Discord, but yeah. Wait, for what? Uh, for the, uh, when the book doesn't have a description, there's a link that's not, that, that's not working. And I don't know if we have an issue for that, but uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll double check that when I'm, I'm working on uh, making the description have like line breaks <laughs> today. Oh yeah. That's, which is that's something true. I've been wanting to do for a long time. Like we just kind of dump the results in a paragraph tag and just go, <laughs> let, let it let it do its thing. But some of these descriptions are really long. I mean, this is already way too yeah. long for me in a single description, single yeah, paragraph. We've got a plus one in the chat, so yeah, definitely <laughs> a wanted feature. Um, cool. Well, that. Uh, I think that covers like most of the things in progress and like the highly added things. Is there anything else that comes to your mind where it's like, okay, in the librarian world, tools on hardcover, things that would make things that would make it better for us to get better data. Um, are there any things that's like, oh, we we should do this this month, <laughs> as opposed to like next time we revisit it in the future. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're we've been like shipping a lot of updates for librarians lately. So if we can get the stuff on our list, like Discord's uh, role sync and uh, this uh, community uh, improvement by making uh, uh, monthly uh, meetups is great. That's like uh, I had some sort of 
yeah, community thing on my mind. I don't know what, but this is perfect. So that's uh, that's great. Uh, I think it's in a it's in a good place. Uh, it's actually we actually reached that point where I think it uh, could be fun to be a librarian, and it will also you know be uh, a really cool thing if we also get to meet each other and uh, contribute to, to, to book data, uh, which is great. And uh, I was thinking about, you know, we, we talked about open sourcing. I'm wondering if it would overlap with what librarians are doing. I mean, I know I'd be more inclined to contribute to book data if I knew there was a plan to open source that data so that, uh, you know, that's uh, data that is uh, planned to at least to be open at some point. And, you know, in the meantime, it's something because, yeah, we are uh, on the mission to make the most accurate repository of, of book data and we've been doing lots of steps in that direction so it paid off the way you know uh, it's designed and the way you set it up uh, so now I guess yeah just working on how it's communicated I guess uh, yeah 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 I I'm, I'm very much pro like make the data free. Like these are just facts about books. Like we don't need to, we don't need to own the description of these books. Like even though someone on our site's probably writing it, like I, like I, I have no problems with those, those descriptions being used on anyone who like, you know, hits our API. Um, but uh, yeah, one, one, uh, one other thing that just came to mind as you're describing that is a, uh, like right now we have this like referral program and that's one way that people can get a free like supporter um, access. I was thinking like we could do something that ties in with the, like I, not, not exactly the referral program, but something that ties in with our thing that automatically upgrades people to supporters. If like they do some kind of librarian edits in a month, they might get like a credit towards a supporter. So basically, I'm thinking like, how do we reward librarians with free hardcover access? Because you know, yeah, at least the ones that are active that month. Because sometimes people will be active some months and not active other months. Mm -hmm. Maybe like the months they are active, we're giving them some like referral credit in some way. Yeah, that sounds great. And you know, as you are describing it, I was thinking about you know our talk with badges. Badges are gonna like if we keep track of the contributions which might also be like really fun to show if we can uh, on the book page. So like on GitHub, you have contributors for open source. It would be nice to show the profiles for the librarians who contributed uh, and maybe just how many contributions, not what they actually did, but say Adam, three contributions on this book. It could also be like a thing where, uh, uh, yeah, that would be uh, rewarded somehow. Uh, at the same, the gift program. Okay, yeah, that's a great idea. Like gifting hardcover. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
did you make a note of that, Alan? Because yeah, that's a that's a really good idea. Yeah, that'd be neat. Yeah, I yeah, I'm feeling just, that's that's something we could do like before the next holiday season, especially. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that sounds great. Yeah, and with uh, with this uh, incentivization program, it can be supporter. It can be. I think if we implement badges this year, that's also going to be very very nice for librarians. I would want to contribute to get the librarian badge. Uh, and uh, if you know the contributions somehow get listed somewhere on the book page, and you can see who contributed to that book, that's even more of an incentive to yeah, edit it. Yeah. Cool. But many people well, just edit it because they want the book in their library to have the data, which is great. Uh, and yeah, we really appreciate that kind of energy. Yeah, I mean that's that's really the only way a site works because we can't, like, on our small team, we we can't manage that many books data. <laughs> like we can manage yeah. our own libraries, but not everyone's library. So yeah, it's it's very nice that people are like um, working on their own libraries. And I think if if enough people are working on their own libraries, that benefits everyone. So yeah, that's. A healthy yeah. system. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, well, um, yeah. I think uh, I think I'll keep working on all this um, uh, librarian tools in the coming week, and probably implement this uh, join the librarian program thing this week. Although um, I'm going to be volunteering at Sundance for the next week, so I might be a little bit more offline oh, than usual. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, getting your winter boots ready. <laughs> yeah. Bowing through the snow to get the Sundance. <laughs> <laughs> At least, like they they do Sundance in uh, Park City, and they do showings here in in Salt Lake. Um, so the place I'm volunteering at is only um, three blocks from our apartment, <laughs> which is nice. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> that sounds yeah marginally better. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, it's been a really good uh, good sum up and uh, see everybody next week for the Heart of Our Life 34. <laughs> yeah, so this was 33 and I will, yeah, I'll talk to you then. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Have a good one. See ya. Bye. See ya. Bye.